Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a weekly podcast chocker with all things Aotearoa New Zealand and some about me, Jules. Cheer. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. We need to talk about Queenstown. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, as you well know, since I returned from a tiny holiday in awe of the beauty I had left. The sight of the gloriously dusted mountains rising from a sparkling lake is still burnt into my mind, and I can feel the satisfied <sighs> right there in my throat. Only, it's choked a little now. It's topped with pity for a town built on being beautiful with nobody to look upon it anymore. Things are dire in the year of 2020 for so many of us. The world suffers everywhere and there's so little that we can do as individuals to help. But as people who love the rural, unspoilt beauty of Aotearoa New Zealand, and as the only people being able to travel within its shores right now, we need to talk about Queenstown, New Zealand. We need to talk about it. Treasures from the Vault Queenstown is one of the most popular visitor destinations for adventure and relaxation in New Zealand and has actually won a number of prestigious awards. With the most beautiful scenery in the country, the incredibly decadent accommodation available to treat yourself with and more than 200 attractions and activities available to pick from, it's easy to understand why. In fact, usually the town hosts over 2 million visitors per year, many, many of these being from overseas. And now you begin to see the problem. Queenstown has formed a massive part of South's economy for a long time. It has provided jobs, business opportunities, growth beyond the realms of imagination. A boom in Queenstown has been great for the rest of the South Island. As the only international mountain resort in Australasia, it has acted as a gateway to the rest of the island. All New Zealanders should care about the welfare of Queenstown because when it goes well, we all go well. Now it would be uneven coverage if I told you that the entire of New Zealand had pity for the plight of Queenstown as I do. Many Kiwis in fact hold a different view. They believe that Queenstown's naked lusting after foreign cash had meant that they didn't value tourism from within its own borders and in fact priced many of us out of ever experiencing it for ourselves. They have commented on many new news articles that it served them right for not wanting us before, don't come crying to us now, and other mean-spirited thoughts as New Zealand's articles try and get New Zealand to visit. I think people have forgotten who we are. We're Kiwis. These Queenstown Kiwis are struggling to pay the rent, to keep food in their families' stomachs, to keep the faith. They built their jobs and their lives around an industry they loved, and they were smart enough to do it in a gorgeous and once booming place. Why do we hate them for that? Is it merely jealousy? Are we still jealous as the tears roll down their cheeks, as their dreams and their businesses are completely broken and dashed? Are we that horrible? Or are we just all too broke to travel? I mean, I know I am, or I'd be there tomorrow, spending all of my spare money in support of what they built. Instead, I'm doing the only thing I know how, and that's to talk about it, to bring it to your ears and maybe in some small way help somewhere down the line. So, my gems, let me talk of happier times. I'll tell you about the most beautiful place in Aotearoa I've ever been. 
Queenstown. Queenstown's Māori name is Tahuna, and it's located in the southwest of New Zealand's South Island with a population of 16k as of June 2020. It's built around an inlet called Queenstown Bay on Lake Wakatipu. The lake is a long, thin Z-shape formed by glacial processes, and it's the third largest lake by surface area in Aotearoa. Rising above the lake are the nearby mountains, the Remarkables, Cecil Peak and Walter Peak. The town is at a relatively low altitude for a ski and snowboarding centre at 310 metres or 1,020 foot above sea level at the lake shore and it lies close to the heart of the central Otago wine region. This small wine producing region is reputed to be the world's southernmost which is pretty cool. And because of its relatively moderate altitude, that 310 metres, and high mountain surroundings, Queenstown has a oceanic climate. Summer has long warm days with temperatures that can reach 30 degrees Celsius, while winters are cold with temperatures often in single digits with frequent snowfall, although there is no permanent snow cover during the year. It actually has a sister city in the States in Aspen, Colorado. So there you go. So that's some basic stats about the city. So let's talk next about how do you get there? Well, Queenstown is accessible by road and air, but not by rail. Queenstown Airport is New Zealand's busiest helicopter base and also the fourth busiest airport by passenger traffic. Well, usually anyway. And it is also heavily used for tourist flight seeing, especially to Milford Sound and Mount Cook, using both fixed wing and rotary wing aircraft. And even though getting to it isn't the easiest thing, it's a lot easier than it used to be. For centuries, Māori had forged trails through the region for seasonal hunting prospects and prized punamu, which is greenstone. However, early attempts to reach Lake Wakatipu by European adventurers failed miserably until Māori chief Reko guided the first party to the shores of Lake Wakatipu in 1856. And once an access way was established, the first pioneers of the district quickly followed, looking for fertile pasture land and soil for farming, and Queenstown delivered, but at a price. Lake Wakatipu and the wide, rapid rivers it linked with claimed the lives of many who tried to cross. Back on land, steep mountains, flash floods and heavy snow were just a few of nature's hardships these sturdy settlers had to overcome. When gold was discovered in 1862, more adventurous souls descended on Queenstown. Mining life was not only brutal, it was often fatal. And these men and women needed great determination and courage to survive in basic living conditions and generally remote and difficult to reach places. Along with the tough geography of the land, they had to contend with mud floods, ice and snow. Infants were often transported in gin cases slung over the backs of pack horses, with one child swinging on each side as the animal picked its way across sheer narrow mountain trails. And when the gold ran out, many of these intrepid pioneers created other means of income to ensure they could stay on and raise their families. 
Queenstown eventually became a more accessible year-round destination thanks to the invention of motor cars and fixed-wing planes. When tourism pioneer and ski enthusiast Sir Henry Wigley invented a special ski plane in the 1950s, he created a market for private backcountry snow experiences, a service now offered by helicopter, of course. A few years prior to this, in 1947, Sir Henry had also helped his good friend and inventor Sir William Hamilton install the very first rope ski tow at Coronet Peak, creating the country's first commercial ski resort and firmly establishing Queenstown as a winter destination. Bill Hamilton can also take the credit for inventing another adventure activity that Queenstown is now famous for, jet boating. Originally developed to give him the ability to travel up shallow braided rivers that crossed his farm, his unique water jet propulsion system allowed his boats to travel at high speeds in shallow waters that were previously inaccessible using conventional propeller-driven craft. And by 1960, commercial jet boats were thrilling tourists up and down the Shotover and Kawairao rivers. Kawairao rivers. My goodness, it's a tongue teaser. When commercial whitewater rafting followed in 1974, the rivers that had once made life hazardous for early settlers began providing adrenaline-filled adventures for thousands of visitors. And today, these water adventures have expanded to include kayaking, whitewater rafting, river searching, and sledging. And over on White Lake Wakatipu, Visitors can also experience kite skiing, parasailing, or even diving beneath the water in the world's first commercial sea breaches. And they look like sharks diving down and then shooting out of the water. They look like epic fun. I watched them for a while while I was there. Queenstown is also the birthplace of tandem paragliding, pioneered by the late Bruce Grant. The sport was launched commercially in 1990 along with free fall photography. In fact, some of the finest views of this stunning area are now enjoyed from the sky. Admiring visitors can look upwards towards the mountains and see equally spellbound paragliders, hang gliders and skydivers gazing back down at you. So now that you know about how it came to be and you know how to visit, where are you staying? So Queenstown accommodation ranges from cozy backpacker dorms to world-class luxury lodges. Most places to stay have great views and easy access to nearby activities. Staying in the downtown Queenstown area will ensure you are close to the thriving nightlife and many excellent restaurants of the town. Out in Gibston Valley, you'll find places to stay in vineyards, while in the direction of Glenarchy are plenty of bed and breakfasts and boutique lodges along the lakefront. Arrowtown is only 15 minutes away from central Queenstown and offers a quieter and often cheaper alternative to the hustle and bustle. Okay, so you're there and you have a place to stay. So what are you doing? Well, next up is Jules's list of Queenstown must-dos. So, bungee jump. No, this isn't one I would do myself, but you can't talk about Queenstown without talking about Bungie. You may remember from a past episode that I mentioned that Bungie was created by AJ Hackett, and the first ever commercial jump is here at Kaiwarao Bridge, also one of the few places that offer tandem jumps. 
Not to mention that Nevis bungee is also here, and that's New Zealand's highest jump for those who have more of an adrenaline junkie bent. So next up is skiing. Queenstown is New Zealand's favourite winter playground, and for good reason too, with a number of world-class ski fields in close proximity, including Cadrona, Corona, Coronet Peak, Triple Cone, and the gorgeous Remarkables. But if you want to combine an exciting drive with amazing scenery, then you want to take the Crown Range Road between Queenstown and Wanaka. This amazing stretch of tarmac looks like something out of a Top Gear episode. Just make sure you obey the road rules and keep to the left as well as watching your speed because this can be a tricky drive, especially if you're not used to Kiwi Road conditions. Actually located just a short drive from Queenstown is the historic small town of Arrowtown. Formerly that gold mining hub, the town fell to a population of approximately 200 residents in the mid-20th century before rebounding over the following decades to a population of nearly 2,500. All new buildings constructed in Arrowtown are actually required to meet strict appearance rules intended to maintain the historic look and feel of the town. And the Gold Mining Museum is a very interesting visit. So, more views? You're after more views? Okay, well you want the gondola. Here's the dilemma. It's a clear sunny day in Queenstown and you want to get the best possible view of the town and the surrounding area. What do you do? One option. You get on the gondola and indulge in one of the most breathtaking views in New Zealand. And get up there, conquer your fear of heights. While you're at the top, you're in the perfect place to do the next must-do. The luge. Gravity-fueled carts barreling down a gorgeous mountain through 1,600 metres of banked corners, tunnels and dippers. Once you've conquered the course, hop up on the chairlift and do it all again. And again. And again, <laughs> I've been talking a lot so far about how Queenstown is the adventure capital and the town and surrounding area is Nirvana for anyone interested in getting the adrenaline racing and the blood flowing. So don't forget to do all of those skydivings, whitewater rafting, zipline riding, parasailing, sea breaching and heaps and heaps and heaps more. So go get your freak on people. I know you want to, but it's time to eat now. So let's hit Ferg Burger. Lovingly lovingly referred to by some as Queenstown's worst kept secret. Ferg Burger has been satisfying even the most ardent of culinary critics, both domestic and international, for a number of years. So what is it? Well, just the best burgers ever. Pfft, you have to go there to believe it. Or maybe have a meal across the lake at the historic Colonial's homestead as part of your visit to Peak High Country Farm. A tourism operation with farm tours, horse treks, heritage tours, barbecue lunches and evening dining. But how would you get across the lake? On the TSS Earnslaw, a 1912 Edwardian twin screw steamer based at Lake Wakatipu in New Zealand. It is one of the oldest tourist attractions in the central Otago and the only remaining commercial passenger carrying coal-fired steamship in the southern hemisphere was known as the Lady of the Lake, transporting sheep, cattle and passengers to surrounding high country stations. In 1968, the Earnslaw was very nearly scrapped, but she was fortunately rescued. 
Each of the Unslaw screws was driven by a drive shaft, driven by a triple expansion steam engine. Passengers have access to the walkway to the engine room, where they can observe the operation of the engines during the cruise. The Unslaw is the only working, coal-fired steamship on the Lloyd's Register, and it works 14-hour days in the summer months and cruises for 11 months of the year, despite being over 100 years old. Visitors to the region can undertake a 1.5-hour cruise on board the TSS Unslaw, and in March 1990, the Unslaw carried Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip. The, queen, the TSS Unslaw made a brief cameo appearance in the movie Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull from 2008 as an Amazon riverboat. Cool, huh? Awesome. So go check it out in the movie and then come right on it yourself. Maybe you feel like a walk. Well, the Queenstown Trail is a cycle and walking trail funded as one of the projects of the New Zealand Cycle Trail System in Otago, New Zealand. It links the towns of Queenstown, Arrowtown, the suburb of Jacks Point and the area of Gibston. It is about 110 kilometres in length, but it's not linear and instead follows the terrain, often near rivers and lakes to link key places in a series of tracks that also accesses public land. In some places, it passes through private land, such as working farms, and users are pretty encouraged to stay on the trail for those reasons. Maybe it's time for another drive? Well, Skipper's Canyon is a historic and scenic gorge, some 22 kilometres in length, several kilometres north of Queenstown, New Zealand. Skipper's Canyon is carved out by the Shotover River. The Shotover is one of New Zealand's richest gold-bearing rivers and was once a very busy gold mining area. In 1886, Skipper's Canyon was also the first site where hydroelectricity was generated to gold mining. Access from Queenstown via the same road that leads to Coronet Peak Ski Field, Skipper's Road, which is one of today's New Zealand better-known scenic roads. The main New Zealand road where rental car insurance is actually not honoured. <laughs> so be careful, because Skipper's Road is mostly one way, narrow and steep, with share drops of several hundred metres. So it's an adrenaline-filled drive, and not because you're going fast, because we wouldn't recommend that. Uh, it's not a trip to Queenstown without a jet boat ride, and we've just been talking about the shot over, so you need to experience the shot over jet, which is seriously exciting fun. A unique combination of beauty and power, it's an experience like no other, blending pristine natural landscape with wall-to-wall -wall canyon action from start to finished. Proudly owned by the Ngātahu, the Māori people of that land, their connection to the Kimiakao, the Shotover River, goes back centuries, and only they have access to the spectacular Shotover canyons. And nobody knows that area like they do. So hop on the boat, go crazy at speed through the Shotover River, and get some history. Perfect combination. And after a crazily adrenaline rush filled day, you're going to need to relax. So there's no better place to do that than onsen hot pools. 
Onsen offers a unique Kiwi twist to a Japanese bathing tradition, a boutique retreat and day spa experience, boasting a range of idyllic cedar-lined hot pools overlooking the Shotover River with some seriously impressive views. They have four people spas or oval tubs designed to, for couples and individuals. The relaxation and pampering on offer here is second to none in the region, as endorsed by the recent win in the 2019 World Luxury Spa Awards. Gibston. You need to visit Gibston. It's located east of central Queenstown along Karawai Gorge is the highest sub-region with the north-facing hillside wineries. The Gibston River Ride is a great way to soak in the scenery and tasting your way through the best drops. Among the popular wineries in the region are the Amersfield Winery and Bistro, Brennan Wines, Chard Farm Winery, Colpit Wine, Gibston Valley Winery, Mount Rosa Winery and Peregrine Wines and Waiteri, no, Wai, yeah, Waiteri Creek Wines. Chard Farm and Gibson Valley Wineries are among the oldest in the region and counted among the pioneers of Centro Otago's wine industry. The Two Paddocks Vineyard is owned by internationally known actor Sam Neill from Jurassic Park fame, and it's known for its gorgeous Pinot Noir. Most wineries have on-site restaurants and cafes with world-class chefs who are attracted to the region for bounty and natural appeal. A trip to New Zealand wouldn't be complete without some Lord of the Rings spotting now, would it? And there is plenty to do here. From the village of Glenarchy to the northern end of Lake Wakatipu, you can see the northwestern slopes of Mount Earnslaw, which featured in the opening sequence of the two towers. From Glenarchy, you can also discover Lothlorien, the beech forest on the road to paradise. Another memorable location can be found near Queenstown at Arrowtown, where you can walk to the Ford of Brunnen on the Arrow River. You can also walk to Wilcox Green, where the Gladdenfield scenes were filmed. From Chard Farm Winery, you can see a spectacular view of the Anduin and Argonaut, the Pillar of Kings. The pillars were computer generated in the studio, of course, but it's, you can still see where they were. Drive over the Crown Range Road and you'll find yourself in the Cadrona Valley. From here, you can drive to the summit of the Crown Range for a panoramic view of Middle Earth. To the left are the River Anduin and the Pillars of Argonauth. In the hill straight ahead is the Dimril Dale. In the distance is Amon Hen and the shore of Nen Hualith. No, Hithoel. Nen Hithowell. My goodness, Julia, you're a New Zealander. Get your Lord of the Rings right. And while we're mentioning movies that Queenstown and the surrounding areas were used in movies for, it also features in the 2009 X-Men Origins Wolverine film and was the base for filming George Lucas's 1988 fantasy film Willow. I mean, you tell me, are you dying to head to Queenstown now? 
My sister is there right now, actually, soaking in the hot tub before heading out to a restaurant for her wedding anniversary weekend. I've actually got a small child turning up really soon as my part of the babysitting duties to give them an amazing weekend away. So I better go get ready for that now. But I hope that I gave you a good tour of Queenstown and have generated a desire in you to visit. It's a place that stays with you, that's for sure. It's just something about it. It's in the rugged mountains, the green valleys, the dusky plains and the sparkling turquoise waters. It's in the people who call this amazing place home. Thanks to my gems, Lucas, Shaw, Scott, Glenn, James, Jason, Karen, KP and my newest Patreon of Ezekiel. You continue to support me getting my life together and I literally don't know if I'd make it through without you. Extra thanks to James for him and his wife's gift of Tasha's cauldron of everything that honestly was the nicest thing that had happened to me in a long time and gives me strength. I've been pouring through it and have so many ideas now. And thanks to you, all the listeners who keep me motivated to bring you more content. I see the numbers ticking over and I'm always amazed at that fact that you're still with me. I adore you all and wish you many, many good things. And thank you for your patience as you've waited for this installment, which has been a long time coming. The next Jewels from NZ episode is about Pahutakawa, New Zealand's Christmas tree. Although there may be an episode in between talking about some of my RPG exploits that I've been up to lately, because I've been busy. Eno aroha nui, enohora, kakite ano, mwah, and see you again soon, everybody. Bye.